Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Hey, I am so excited about today's message. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you go back through this year, there's one topic that it seems like we've talked more about this year than any other topic. Today we're going to talk about it again. And it's interesting because within the church, at least as far as denominations, it's probably one of the most defining, if you will. One of, even the one that brings the most division. Today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Because what we've been doing is we've been walking through something called the Apostles' Creed to help us understand what, what do I believe. You know, I, I was thinking about even like as Ayanna goes off, it's really going to matter what she believes, y'all. Right? Like, as our kids go out and they leave the house, maybe they go off to college and they get confronted with all these isms, humanism and cosmic humanism and Marxism and communism, right? All these, all these worldviews and thoughts. It really matters what we believe. So we've been taking the summer to go through the Apostles' Creed. It's not Scripture. It's not sacred. Um, there's, there's, it, it, it's, it's just something that was written as a reminder of what are some basic truths. So let me read the first part of it, and then we'll get to what we're going to talk about tonight. Here's how it goes like this. I believe in God the Father Almighty. We talked about week one. God is the Father, us as sons and daughters. Right? What, what does that look like? So if you missed any of these, you may want to go back and check some of these out. It goes on to say, Creator of heaven and earth. We believe God created the earth. I personally believe he did it in seven literal days about six to 10,000 years ago. Now, for some of you, they go, wait, what? Hey, call me. Let's have coffee. I'll be more than happy to have that conversation with you. I really believe that. With all the other stuff that we're teaching and it's taught right here at this school, millions of years and everything else, there's just as much science on the other side of that. But what's most important of that is not to argue that as much as we recognize if he is the creator, then that means he's in charge. Right? If he is the creator, that means he defines truth. He defines right and wrong. It goes on. And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who has conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, and was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. One of my favorite pictures is the fact that Jesus is sitting there right now. Right? Remember? Relating to you, understanding what you're going through, and going, Father, that was really tough. I remember that. Right? Would you, would you help them? Would you be a part? That's so cool. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. He's coming back, y'all. And Jesus is coming back. For real, he's coming back. And, and, and you can't let go of that. You can't miss that. And then here's the next line. It just simply says this. I believe in the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit today. And my goal, can I just, I'm going to just like put all my cards on the table right here at the beginning. Here's my goal today. My goal is that you would look at the Holy Spirit a little bit differently. For those of you who grew up in a Pentecostal background or kind of a, a hoop and holler background, come on, y'all. Any, any, of, my, any of my Pentecostals here? All right, there's a handful of them. There you go. Right? They, 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 they were this close to running the aisle at one point during worship this morning. When I start talking about the Holy Spirit, you have sort of a picture 
And you have sort of a picture of what that looks like. And so we do things like this. We say, we're going to schedule a revival on Friday night at 6 o'clock. Because I don't know if y'all know, but the only time the Holy Spirit shows up is usually Fridays at 6 o'clock. On the other end of the spectrum, there's those that have, have basically gone, Holy Spirit, look, I, mm, like, that's my yoga pot, snakes next or what? Right? We start talking about the Holy Spirit thing, and it's weird. Why? Because it's been packaged so jacked up for so many of us, right? We've seen it abused. We've seen weird things happening. We've seen things we don't understand. So I want to talk a little bit today, and my goal is to maybe change the mindset to both ends of the spectrum and even us in the middle, just a little bit. Just a little bit as we understand what 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 is this Holy Spirit? What is this entity? Now, I want to give you a verse because I think it's hilarious to read back in Acts that there was controversy about who the Holy Spirit is even back then, Right? So let me give you the context of a verse I'm going to read you. There's Gospels. For those of you who don't know, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's four Gospels. Those are the stories of when Jesus was here on earth. We have those four Gospels. The next book in the New Testament, it's the fifth book in the New Testament, is called Acts. And it's the beginning of the church. When we launched this church, we studied the book of Acts to see what, what was happening at the beginning of the church. But I'm going to read you a certain verse because here we are. Now, now keep in mind, it had been years and years and years the church had been going. When this verse happens. So they've got years and years of, of, of history going on, and the church is going on, and then this verse, Acts 19 and 1. While Apollo was in Corinth, that was one guy who was out preaching the gospel, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. So Paul goes to Ephesus where we get the book of Ephesians, because he writes to the churches in Ephesians to do correction and things there. Look at this. There he found some disciples, and he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And I love their response. They say, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. We've never even heard of this Holy Spirit. And here's what's interesting. I think that that's true a lot of today. Now, we may not have, most people have heard of the Holy Spirit because, you know, we have some exposure somewhat of, of the church. But our idea of what is that or what does that look like is wrapped in a whole lot of, I think, craziness. Whether it be media, whether it be some televangelist that we watched, right? Whether it be some church that we went to and, 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 it, and it was a little crazy for us. I can remember, I, I think Mark and I had this conversation. When I was, when I was born, I lived in Mississippi and, um, and I lived in Ocean Springs, Mississippi when I was a kid and my dad was the bank president. And my dad and our family got invited to the largest black church in Ocean Springs, right? And I can remember, I was like, five or six years old, and we go into that church. Now, we are Episcopalians. Now, if you don't know what that means, that means you sit down and shut up. That's what that means, right? It was all about awe and reverence. It was all about when you came in, you, you came in like this. Good morning. How you doing? And everybody would go up and sit down. And, right? Come on, y'all. And they got the kneelers. Anybody ever do the, right? That, the one thing about, like, Episcopalians, Catholics, some of those is they're pretty you know, aerobically, they're pretty good because it's up, down, kneel, up, down, kneel, up, down, kneel, right? But, but so I, that's my growth. So we go, it's my first experience. They put us up in the choir loft with the choir. They got the, they got the robes on. I mean, they're styling, right? And they started get going. And it started kind of slow. 
started kind of just a little sway, and it got faster, and it got faster. And I'm sitting up, so I've got this picture of the congregation. And then all of a sudden, you know, Sister Susie over here pulls a tambourine out of her purse. Come on, Wally, that was your section right there, right? And, 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 the, and by the time they got done, I mean, I'm talking cartwheels down the aisle. Come on, y'all, you know what I'm talking about? And I can remember as a kid just being like, what is going on? You know, kind of, and so that was my first experience. So some of us have experiences that we either, we're in that experience and went, wow, this is kind of cool. I heard somebody say this week, um, you know, I used to see Pentecostals and I was jealous because they were having a lot of fun. <laughs> right? You know, like, and, and, and so so we have this, this we have, or, or you went and went, what the heck, I'm out. And you went out the back door. And so my, the challenge is today, because listen, church, if it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we don't interact or understand or have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we're only interacting with two-thirds of who God is. So we, so we can't take this Holy Spirit entity, this Holy Spirit thing, whatever it is, and we're going to talk about it today, and just kind of go, I don't know, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. So there's a lot of confusion, a lot of misunderstandings. I'd like to take a little bit of the man-made sensationalism out of it this morning. It's kind of what I'd really like to do. Over 500 times in the Bible, we get the word translated spirit in the New and Old Testament. So what I want to do is I want to actually look at those two words. For those of you who do not know, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. They were not written in English. They were written in Hebrew and Greek, and they've been translated. So what we've got to do is sometimes we've got to go back and look at the original word or the original translation. And I think that this particular word is one of those that really requires a little bit of look at. And I'm going to show you what I mean. So let's start with the Old Testament. The word in the Old Testament, ruach. When you say that, you've got to pretend you've got some popcorn stuck in the back of your throat. Right? Ruach. It's got, it's got, a, got a little guttural thing to it. And it means, to, look at the meaning. Nothing in the meaning says, catch this, spirit, ghost, force. Here's what it says. A wind. A breath. A violent exhalation. A blast of breath. Interesting, right? Now, you can understand why when they went to translation, they were really having a hard time. Because they're like, man, we can't say like, Father, Son, and wind, or Father, Son, and breath, or right? And so they came up with this idea of spirit. And actually, originally it used to say ghost. I loved it that Marcus picked songs today that had the word spirit and ghost in it that we sang. Because in old churches, it was the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Anybody remember Holy Ghost? If you say, yes, you're dating yourself just a little bit. Right? But Holy Ghost. But the problem was, we started having a whole lot of horror movies. Come on. This is just a cultural issue is what it is. And so all of a sudden, we can't say ghost, Holy Ghost to people because they're like, I want a ghost up in my house. Right? I don't, I didn't, that, that got weird, so we started using Holy Spirit. But even Spirit, I mean, the big Halloween place that opens up is called Spirit. Right? <laughs> So I think what's happened is the Holy Spirit's gotten a bad rap because of our culture. Are you, are you tracking with me? So we've got to look at this thing a little bit differently and understand this concept of wind 
or breath. Let me show you to you in Genesis 1 and 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. We read this just a few weeks ago when we talked about creation. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit, the ruach, the wind, the breath of God was hovering over the waters. Now let me show it to you in the New Testament. In the Greek, the word is pneuma. It's where we get the word pneumonia. Why? Because pneumonia is a problem with your breathing. Right? Breath. Fresh air, wind, right? What does it mean in this? Here's, the, here's the, what it means. A current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. See, that's what I think we're supposed to experience. It's a breath of fresh air. It, it, it's, it's a wind. Anybody ever been on an August afternoon and all of a sudden you get a blast of wind? You know, like, oh my gosh, that feels good. The church, that's that's God's Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be in His presence. Not just this boring do and don't religion thing, but we are to experience God through His presence, through His Holy Spirit. God wants you to walk with Him, to have breath and life in what you do. I believe there are millions of Christians who are walking around just struggling to survive this world, and they're just surviving. And the reason being is they have no problem with the relationship with God and no problem with the relationship with Jesus. But that Holy Spirit thing, I haven't figured it out yet. That Holy Spirit thing is, so what do I do? Well, then this whole thing is just a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's just a boring stand there and sing just as I am with my hand in my pockets because there's no life, there's no breath, there's no wind in my sails. It's a wind. It's a breath. That's who the Holy Spirit is. If we're going to understand this part of God, the Holy Spirit, and both words used in the Bible are wind. So I, I thought this. Are there characteristics of wind in the natural that will help us define who and how the Holy Spirit operates? So I want to compare and contrast wind. The concept of wind, since that is actually the translation. And my hope is that if we understand these things about the Holy Spirit, maybe we would be less likely to think he's weird or strange, but actually someone that we might want to have relationship with. So let's talk about wind. Here's the first characteristic of wind. It's, it's unseen. It's unseen. When you walk out of this building today, there's a chance that at some point you're going to get a, you know what I'm talking about? You're going to get a, a wind. A, you're not going to see it. But you go, oh, man, that feels good. Let me ask you a question. If you walk out of the building today, you stand in the parking lot, and you get the wind blowing, you go, oh, man, that feels good. Is somebody in the parking lot going to go, well, you're a freak? No, they're not. Because they're going to go, why? What you go? Oh, I felt the wind. Oh, good. But in here, if you go, whew, that feels good, they're going to go, what What you feel? I don't feel nothing. What you feeling? Well, you're one of those freaky church people. Are you hearing? But the reality that, like, that's who God is. Man, that feels good. But if you say that about your experience here, somebody might look at you and, and, and be strange about it. I believe God's spirit, catch this, is to be felt. I absolutely believe that. To be experienced. Our goal each week is not to entertain you. It's not our goal, right? No matter how great the music is, no matter how much phenomenal the preaching is every week. 
to laugh that hard. Come on now. You have to laugh that hard. Now listen, man, no matter what, no matter who's still in the pulpit, or our goal, our goal is, is, is not that you come and experience Marcus, or come and experience the team, or come and experience Mike. Our goal is that you might experience him, his presence. And it's unseen. And what I do, what I want is I want you to walk out of every Sunday going, ooh, that felt good. It's that breath of fresh air. We can't just run on feelings. But come on, y'all, it sure is good to feel what you're running on every once in a while. That's who the Holy Spirit is. At the Last Supper, many of you have ever noticed this, Jesus is sitting around Last Supper he has with his disciples. The vast majority of the conversation is about the Holy Spirit. Let me show you this, John 14 and 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, look at the word, advocate. It's an advocate. That's somebody who's for you. That's somebody who's got your back. That's somebody on your side. Right? An advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the pneuma, the wind, the breath of fresh air. The world... Cannot accept him. That's weird. That's that's kind of weird stuff, right? That's that's that that's that, that's that kind of freaky stuff. And I already know there's a tension in the room. I already know there's a handful of you going, "Yeah, Pastor Mike, you have talked about this a lot this year. Where where are we going?" And I say this to you: wherever the Holy Spirit takes us, because He's in charge. Our problem is is that we want to be in charge. Our problem is, is that I want it the way I think it should be done in the tradition that I grew up in and what I think is normal, right? Listen to this. The world cannot accept him because it's neither sees him or knows him. Is there the possibility of you not knowing the third part of the Trinity of God? And the answer is absolutely yes. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? And what did they say? We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. We didn't even know that there was something in this realm, right? They can't accept him or see him or know him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be with you. So today and each Sunday is about putting a little wind in your sails. That you might experience his presence just a bit. What else can we learn based on wind? Wind is unpredictable. Amen? Right now we're all watching a hurricane. Right? Where's that thing going? Where's it? It's unpredictable. Let me ask you this. Why in this day and age of technology? Because we've got some amazing technology. Amen? Why is it there's still a windsock on the landing strip? Ever thought about that? Like, there's, there's this big sock out there blowing. This is, you know why? Well, because if you're the pilot coming in to land, those instruments are not going to give you real-time blasts of wind. Are you hearing me? So that windsock's there so that you see, ooh, the wind's gusting right now, and you get real, you need real-time information, right? That's, that's the way God is. And some of us don't like that part of God. Why? Because we want to box God in, right? We like our God tucked in and predictable and under control. Come on. We want God orderly. But can I say this to you? That is not who God is. Do you know why God doesn't do the same thing every time? Because if he did the same thing every time, you and I would worship the system and not him. 
over and over the same way, we would get to the point where we just worship the system. So many people have experiences and then turn those into systems and different denominations founded on one or just a few people's experience. Right? We were over at the Tropic Theater when we started the church, and there was a kid, there was a kid, a Beacon College kid, that heard the music as he was walking by and just wandered into the church. Many of you have heard this story. He sat dead middle, right? Dead middle of the, of the theater, middle this way and middle this way. He's right there. And the entire time that I taught the sermon, he vaped, right? So we were clouds. Like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. After he comes out to the lobby, he goes, oh my, he, he cussed, y'all. He goes like this, oh my God, that was a hell of a sermon. Some of you are going, that's cussing? Yeah, keep coming. We're going to work on you. This will be okay. Just kidding. But, sort of not. But then he comes the next day. He's like, Pastor, i got to talk to you. He comes and he sits down with me at the office, and I've told this story again. I have never been so complimented and heard so many expletives in one paragraph in my life. Oh, my God. What was the effing best sermon ever? I mean, he dropped that bomb like six or seven times while he was complimenting the church and the sermon. And here's all I can tell you. Listen to me. The kid experienced something. Are you hearing me? Yeah, he was raw. And yeah, there was some, some things to, to work on. He was like, what? And we're not getting all into that because, listen to me, you can't clean the fish before you catch it. Come on, somebody. And we are real guilty in that in the church. But anyway, but the point being this is that I ate it up because I sat and watched this kid through all of the cuss words coming at me. He experienced something. It wasn't a religion. It wasn't a man. It wasn't a delighting gesture. It, it, was, it was the presence of God. Listen to me. There are firm things about our relationship with God. There are. There are some solid things that are just, to me, are non-negotiable, right? Right? He was crucified, died, and he rose again. Those are non-negotiable, firm scenarios. But can I also say to you this? There are also things that are also unpredictable, about the nature of God, and we need to embrace that. We need to embrace the unpredictability of the wind and the unpredictability of the third part of the Trinity and who he is and what he does. Look at John 3 and 8. Jesus answered, the wind, ironically enough, they use the word wind here, but guess what it is in the Greek? Pneuma, same word. The wind or the spirit blows wherever it pleases you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. Pat and I Joe is all I hear after that. Yeah, that's a biblical song. Y'all just did not. Some of y'all catch on with that later. But anyway. So it is, listen to me, with everyone born of the Spirit. Listen, there was one time that God talked to a man out of a burning bush. How many more of those are in the Bible? Zero. Why? Well, because if Moses was in today's church world in the United States, he probably would have started the first church of the burning bush. And you would only hear from God if you saw a burning bush. Because that's what we do today. Because we take systems and we create religion instead of understanding that God does it differently all the time. One of the stories that I think most is this. There's a dude in the Bible, and he brings his friend to Jesus, and his friend is blind. Right? 
And he brings, read the story. He brings Jesus to him, and I'm going to paraphrase it, give you kind of my paraphrase of it. He brings his friend, and this is what he says to Jesus. He says, um, hey, do the hand thing. Read it. This, this, is kind of, this is kind of what he's saying. Like, do the hand thing. And what he means is, I've seen you lay hands on people and then get healed. What is he doing? He's talking about the system. Are you hearing me? He's talking about the way it's done as opposed to what needed to be done, as opposed to the experience or the power that comes from him. So he's like, hey, do the hand thing. And I really believe Jesus went, no, I'm not going to give you your system. Matter of fact, I'm going to get a little crazy. And the Bible says he spit in the mud. And he took this mud spit. And he put it on the friend's eyes. And I can only imagine the friend kind of like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. I had no idea it was going to get weird, freaky. I don't understand. I'm so glad you're blind. Maybe you don't know that spit right now. Why? Because this friend was into the system. And Jesus healed his eyes. But why did he do that? I think he did that because he wanted to show, I can do it however I want. It's not a system. It's not something we follow, but us in our humanness. Come on, church. We create these systems and traditions, and we make that religion instead of what it is. God is unpredictable, and until you get comfortable with that, you're going to be really uncomfortable with being a follower of Jesus. I'm so grateful that God has brought Pastor Doug to be a part of our staff. It's one of the things that he says all the time that is exactly what I'm talking about. So what do you think God is saying in this? And I love that. I love it when he stops and he says, is God being unpredictable or is God doing something different or is it outside? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Can I say to some of you today, the Holy Spirit is unpredictable and he's doing some crazy things. And how many of you know, not very often does he do it the way that I think he should do it. Come on, just do the hand thing. Come on, anybody else? Like that, that's, that's my relationship with God. I'm going to just do the hand thing. That's weird, right? He says, no, 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 no. You're not, you're not going to box me in. What else do we know about wind? Wind? Wind is powerful. Boy, uh, there's never a better time than us to be talking about it right now while we're watching a hurricane come at us. You see some of the videos from, I think it was Barbados. Right? It can, it can create energy. It can destroy things. Let me say this to you. Many of us are going through things right now that we do not have the power to deal with on our own. We are sunk if we go through this life in our own power and ability. Anybody? But many Christians are distancing some themselves from the power of God, which is His Holy Spirit, the wind, the breath, just because... Other people have packaged it badly. People will see someone fail, who's a pastor or something else, and walk away from God. And the problem with that is you are measuring the Creator by the created, and you can't do that. Because the Creator is perfect, and the created is now flawed by its own choice and in sin. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And so we can't, we, we just can't limit God. Can I say to you, church, listen to me, push into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm not telling you to run the aisles. 
I'm not telling you anything else. Listen to me. Get rid of all the wacky stuff that you might have in your head. Let me also say to those on the other end of the spectrum, bring it back to something biblical as opposed to emotional. Let me say that one more time. Bring it back to something biblical instead of just feel good and emotional. Right? We've got to find that, that line and that balance in there. Because Acts 1 and 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, for those of you who grew up in a background where you're a little more mainline, um, you know, when it's Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, kind of a little more formal, yeah, we don't really, we, we mention the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit like in our prayers and stuff, but we really don't react to it. Let me tell you an experience of a guy who actually was considered the modern father of modern revivalism. Okay, so revivals would break out, and he was considered the father. His name is Charles Finney. He was an attorney. He was a Presbyterian minister. And he took an intellectual approach to God. And he would tell you before that, he was very happy with his intellectual approach to God. But let me read you of an account that happened to him. One day, randomly, he didn't even ask for it. He wrote, but as I turned and was about to take a seat by the fire, he's in his house by the fireplace, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost without any expectation of it, without ever having the thought in my mind that there was such a thing for me, without any recollection that I had ever heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world. So in other words, he's the one in the verse we read. Are you hearing me? Right? Did you receive the Holy Spirit? I never even heard of the Holy Spirit. Never asked for the Holy Spirit. Never really wanted the Holy Spirit. I, I, I don't even get what you're talking about. The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body, and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very, what's the word he used? Breath of God. Listen to me, that's very, very real. That's not some ooey-gooey thing. That's not something that puts on a show that we're going to do up here at the altar. Listen to me, all that stuff is, is human sinfulness packaging the Holy Spirit in such a way. And I think the devil has sat back and crossed his arms and just laughed his head off. <laughs> Watch this. They are never going to want to have anything to do with that. They are never going to want that wackiness. They're never going to do. And we've got to stop and go, whoa, 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 whoa. If he is our champion that we just sang about, if he is our victory, well, that's not just two-thirds. That's three-thirds. That includes the Holy Spirit in our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Listen to me. Some of you today, it is mission critical that you get some wind in your sails for where you are right now. And that God would lift you to all that he has for you. We need power. We need fresh. Am I the only one that needs a little fresh wind in their sails? Because I could take a little fresh wind this morning. Anybody else? Absolutely. And that's where it comes from, that we would understand his presence and his Holy Spirit. The last thing about wind is probably my favorite. It's refreshing. Refreshing, right? You get that blast of wind, you're just like, oh, man, that feels good. A, a cool breeze on an August afternoon. Listen to me, the Holy Spirit wants to refresh you. He don't want to make you flop around like a fish. Like so you think. He, he don't want to make you do crazy things. He's a gentleman. That's what's so cool about our God. 
God is all-powerful. I can do whatever he wants, when he wants. But we get, continue to get this idea that he stands at the door and knocks. Because he's a gentleman. And my, my question for you this morning is, would, would you just open the door? Would, would you just simply open the door? Because I'll tell you right now, all the tradition and everything else, I heard people say, growing up all my life. Well, the only reason, the only way you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is somebody lays hands on you. Now, here we go back to the hand thing. Well, if that's true, then Pastor Mike never did. Because when I was in seventh grade, I knelt down next to my bed because my mom came home talking about this Holy Spirit thing. And I first thought it was a cult and freaky and weird. And then I got, and I got on my knees and I said, Holy Spirit, whatever this is, I ask you to come. And I had the same exact experience that Charles Smitty had by myself sitting in my room. So before we box in God, before we create this, this big crazy theology of the way we're packaging this whole thing called the Holy Spirit, before you back away from the third part of the Trinity of who God is, then I encourage you maybe to consider it's different. Worship team, would you guys come in as I'm starting to close? They're going to close us out today. You guys can come on. So, so here, that was a little theology. That was, that was a little understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. So let's talk practical. How do you and I respond? Well, if he is a wind or a deep breath, here's what I would encourage you to do. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. And understand that the Holy Spirit is your advocate, your comforter, your friend. He's not going to do anything weird. Some of you have prayed a prayer like this. Maybe you were in a spirit-filled church, quote-unquote, I always think that's a weird term because that means everybody else is not spirit-filled. But anyway, you're in a spirit-filled church, and maybe you pray a prayer like this. All right, Holy Spirit, I want you to come in, but behave. Can't limit God that way. You've got to take a deep breath. So number one, let go of misconceptions. Let go of misconceptions of the understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust God. If he is one-third of part of who God is, then trust him. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't, don't limit him and say, hey, trust him. He's God. If he's going to do it, trust God. Right? From the bottom of your heart, don't try to figure everything out on your own. That's our problem. Where are my fellow control freaks? Anybody else? Yes, like, I just want to control it. I just want God to do it just like this. Let's don't get weird, God, because I want to try to be cool. Come on. We, we need to get comfortable with the fact that we are finite beings living in a finite world, and there's a spiritual realm going on around us. Now, as soon as I say that, Hollywood just put some pictures in your head. Right? Like we, we've got, why? Because and so we've got to be so careful to understand. We can't define who God is or his Holy Spirit or the spiritual realm or that reality based on what we've seen in a movie or based on what somebody has said or based on our particular tradition or not. I am so grateful that I am a mutt denominationally. I am a total. For those of you who don't know, I grew up in the Episcopal Church. I, was, I went to catechism. I was an acolyte, you know, walked up, carried the cross, did the whole thing, that whole deal. My mom went off and got baptized in the Holy Spirit, came home, prayed. I prayed, got baptized in the Holy Spirit. We launched a charismatic Episcopal church. 
until we would do the liturgy, but stop and have opportunities for the Holy Spirit to move. Then we, uh, then I went off to college, right? And I joined the Church of Pi Kappa Phi. Right? And that was interesting years for me that I, I'm not proud of. But thank God for Jesus and his redemption. Amen. But then I met a girl, started dating her, and she went to the Catholic Church. So I went to the Catholic Church. So I did two or three years in the Catholic Church. And then I, I, I decided I needed to get my life straight. I went back home and I joined the church my parents were in. There was a Bible church. It was sort of a progressive Baptist church, like they did our style of worship, but never talked about the Holy Spirit, whatever. That's where I met Jen. Jen grew up all of her life, Southern Baptist, white Southern Baptist, you know, so it was like no dancing, you know, no, no drinking and no fun, don't smile. <laughs> right? You know, that's kind of her experience. Like, we all have these experiences, and that is what has shaped or limited the way we look at God or the way that we look at the Holy Spirit. We went to the mission field with a Pentecostal group. I'm talking flags running down the aisles and the whole deal, and it drove us to the Word. What does the Word say? Right? In this town, I don't know if you know this, some of you know this, I was involved at First Baptist. That's where we got sent out as missionaries. I helped launch South Point Baptist, which is Southern Baptist Convention. I left South Point and went to the Father's House, which is somewhat Pentecostal. And then we came here, and we're trying to figure out who the heck we are, y'all. Come on now. No, but here's, here's the reality. We're just trying to find what the Bible says and who God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit really are. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Without tradition, without stuff. So I've got to get rid of my misconceptions. Then number two, listen to me. Here's the part we don't like. For us control freaks, number two, you've got to dive in. you got to dive in. you got to show up for everything. you got to be here and you will find, listen to me, you will only find the power of God in your life if you dive in. How can you say that, Pastor? Let me show it to you. Jeremiah 29 and 13. You will seek me and find me. That's what I want. I would like to see God and I would like to find God. But, I don't like the last part of this. When you seek me with all your heart. See, it's a surrender. It's a total surrender that has to happen. And so for some of you, there needs to be a surrender to the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about anything weird. I'm not talking about, you know, we're not going to do anything at the, at the altar today. We're going to have a time of worship at the end where you can interact with the Holy Spirit. You can go pray with someone. We're not, we're not, going, to, we're not going to put on a show. I want you to have a real experience. And that might be at home tonight, alone. I can be tomorrow. You get up tomorrow morning and start a new practice of saying, you know what? Instead of saying God, instead of saying Jesus, I'm going to start talking to the Holy Spirit. Because he's my advocate. He's the one who's with me. He's my comforter. Holy Spirit, would you guide me today? Would you tell me no and yes? Would you, you help me to make healthy decisions based on what you might say? You've you got to dive in. Listen to me. Pick a season and go all in. Don't filter or limit God because of misconceptions, because of stuff from my past. Number three, you've got to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. An intimate friendship. See, God the Father has a role in your life. Jesus has a role in your life. And so does the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity of God. That they each have roles. Let me show it to you in the paraphrase out of the message of 2 Corinthians 13. The amazing grace 
of the Master Jesus Christ. Grace? Well, grace is getting something you do not deserve. What do we not deserve? We do not deserve freedom and salvation. And yet he died on that cross and gave it to us through his amazing grace. The extravagant love of God the Father. God the Father loves you. I said it last week, I need to say it again. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. He loves you. Look at this. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Many Christians accept the grace of Jesus. I can pray a prayer and go, yeah, I like that Savior thing. I like that don't go to hell thing. That's some good stuff right there, right? Like, give me my ticket. Like, where's my get-out-of-hell-free ticket? Like, it's a Monopoly game or something? Right? I, I, I like that part. And then the, the God the Father, well, I love it that there's a Father who loves me. I struggle a little bit because my relationship with my Father is a little bit jacked up. But I'm pushing into that, and I, and I keep pushing in that, trying to help my, my mind change to understand that God the Father is perfect and He does love me. But I, I struggle through life because that's all I do. And I know, if I'm really honest in my heart of hearts, I need some wind in my sail. I feel like something's a little bit missing. I keep battling depression. I keep going back to that addiction. I keep medicating the pain. I keep doing things of this world that give me a little bit of temporary pleasure. Why? Because there's still something missing. And can I say to you, this believer today, maybe you are one of those. And if I said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed that you might go, I thought I knew who he was, but after I heard today, maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe I have had such a jacked up view of him on one extreme or the other that I haven't seen this, this relationship, that he wants to have this, this friendship. God the Father loves you. You can tell how, how much somebody loves you by what they're willing to give for it, right? And the Father God was willing to give his one and only son. I love you more than probably many people on this planet. Because I think about you all the time and I pray about you and I do things for this church with the thought of you in mind. But can I tell you, I don't love you like that. If it came down to you and Ayana, bye Felicia, you know what I'm saying? That's the Father God. He loves you in that way. That's, that's the way Father God loves you. God the Son, He saves me. For some of you today, maybe this is the first time you've kind of heard that. He's the one that died on the cross, that you better forgiveness, that you can have a relationship with God again, so you can spend eternity with God. And then you can live out this life, right? So God the Son saves me. So we, we do things like we pray a simple prayer. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Come into my life and into my heart. Best as I know how, I want to serve you the rest of my life. And we surrender our lives. And in that moment, we are guaranteed eternity. And the way we're guaranteed eternity is that his Holy Spirit is put inside us. So God, the Holy Spirit is with me. Could it be there's a part of God that ever since you received Jesus has been sitting there dormant while you fought depression, while you medicated in other ways? 
And God said, Holy Spirit, I want to feel your presence. I want to know you're here. I want to learn to hear your voice. And listen to me, I know. How unpredictable is the wind? How hard is it to deal with something that you cannot see? Right? It's, it's the same reality. But that is who he is. And he's knocking at the door. And he's going to be knocking at the door all week this week of your heart. Going, hey, would you like some help? Would you like to feel my presence? Would you like to experience joy in the middle of the chaos? You ever seen somebody who is just going through all just chaos? And they're like, oh, God's so good. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the presence of God. That's who he wants to be in your life. So can I just challenge you today, whatever that means for you, would you push into the Holy Spirit? This week, let me challenge you. Would you talk to him? Because he would love to put wind in your sails. He would love to give you a breath of fresh air. He would love in the middle of your chaos at work on Tuesday afternoon where you're thinking, I really, I've been listening to those, you know, Dateline podcasts, and I've really learned how people get away with murder. And I'm going to kill one of my coworkers. Holy Spirit, give me a patience, give me a love, give me a kindness. He will. If you learn to have a relationship. Let me pray it. Just ask the Holy Spirit to do a work inside of us that we really don't even know what to ask for. Because he's unpredictable. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you are so passionate about who we are. That you would send your one and only son. And Jesus, thank you seems silly. For what you have done for us. You died on the cross and you give us salvation. Holy Spirit, I feel the need to repent. For either misrepresenting you in my life and making it an emotionalism, or just ignoring you and having you as part. As I'm praying this, would you pray this maybe? Holy Spirit, you're welcome. As we sang earlier, would you come into my heart and my life and do something that I don't know what to ask for. But I know I need some fresh wind in my sails. And I need to know you're real and I need to feel your presence on my darkest days. So Holy Spirit, meet us. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.